Welcome to Green and Red, Scrappy Politics for Scrappy People, a regular podcast on radical environmental and anti-capitalist politics, brought to you by Bob Bazanko and Scott Park. Welcome to the silky smooth sounds of the Green and Red podcast. I'm your co-host, Scott Parkin in Berkeley, California today. And as always, I am joined by... Uh, this is Bob Azenko. I'm in Ohio today and uh, looking uh, really excited, looking forward to uh, today's discussion. We're going to talk about something that's uh, kind of been in the news a lot, but as you can imagine, when it comes to issues like this, uh, the American media hasn't really told us uh, anywhere near you know, the complete story of it. So it's going to be a great show. Yep. And so we're talking with uh, Carla Toche in Peru today, who's a political scientist and researcher specializing in critical junctures, political behavior, social movements. Uh, and so, you know, Carla, maybe just to jump into it, why don't you give us some background to the current crisis over the past five or six years, maybe starting with the, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, the Kuczynski uh, presidency? Yeah, Kuczynski, Pedro Pablo Kuczynski. Kuczynski. Yeah, well, um... First of all, thank you very much for this opportunity. And here in Peru, we right now we are having a critical um, juncture. Right now is a very hard situation for all of us. Um, and as you were saying, this this kind of um, of, of context, this kind of of um, conjuncture, start like five or six years ago with um, our former president Pedro Pablo Kuczynski who was actually a, a day like this five years ago and uh, was removed um, from the presidential power um, um, because the Congress um, uh, um, vote in favor of the presidential vacancy. So from that point, um, the Congress as a, a political power start to, to build um, as much power as they can manage to to and depend everything, the political situation, the economic situation, the social situation, to depend, to be dependent on their own um, and solutions, their own uh, decisions. So we have to take, um, to take in consideration that when we talk about democracy, when we talk about a, a, a system, a, a democratic system, we are talking about um, the division of powers. But what, what's going to happen when these powers, the uh, Congress power, the presidential power, and the, um, um, the, uh, the power, the um, judicial, um, the judicial power, what happened when these three powers start to concentrate everything only in one of them? This is the result. This is a result when, in this case, the Congress are concentrating all kind of power inside of them. They are deciding who is going to be the uh, the, the next president. They are deciding, and they are deciding who is going to be the next minister. They are deciding who who, who are going to be the next judges, and they are deciding everything. So, and uh, there are not kind, there are no such a thing as an equilibrium or anything like that. So um, we also have to take in consideration that um, there are several problems with uh, the drug cartels in internationally talking and the judges here in Peru. And is well known by everybody in this case of the Cuellos Blancos um, where and we are talking about um, uh, like a network, a narco-traffic network, internationally network of drug um, dealers, I don't know how to say it in English, and who are um, working with the judges here, who are working with the pol um, politicians here, with the media here. So we are talking also about the security. We are talking also about the economic situation. We are talking about the stability of um, our and democratic system. And it's not enough to talk about um, going um, that our voting situation is kind of stable. Yes, we are going to vote. We are deciding who are going to be our next president, our next congressman, but that's not enough. 
and we are um, seeing that kind of, of situation where the democratic system um, is um, taking um, um, many kind of, of um, violent um, response by coming from these political elites, these economical elites um, who are part of this kind of um, uh, network, international network. No? So, um, is well known by everyone that um, the core of the power are um, is a part of um, some few families, some few group of interest. And what is going to happen when someone um, like an uh, an indigenous person uh, who are historically without voice, without vote, without power? What happened when, when that kind of personality wants to take political power in this country? This is the situation right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Well, I, yeah, I told you we were going to start with, but maybe actually go even not not in detail, but a little further back, because the last time I think Americans really, Peru was a big issue here, was in the 90s during the, the war on drug years with, with Fuimori and Alan Garcia. And, you know, Fuhimori was a, was a, a far right wing. And, and I mentioned it because his daughter is very important now uh, in the in the current situation. It has been since 2016. So do you just want to little, you know, say a few things about the the role of Fuhimori, you know, in the war on drugs and then bring it up to to his daughter's party, which I think made it very difficult for Kuzinski, even though they're both on the right wing. Yes. Actually, who who um, promote this president vacancy against uh, Kuczynski were the people of Keiko Fujimori and, and was like a really sweet generous situation because as you said, um, Kuczynski and Fujimori were like partners in the crime, literally, literally. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but um, there is this situation of the Cuellos Blancos uh, that compromise the um, judicial process of Keiko Fujimori. So she, uh, was in the in the in the context that had to protect herself, her interest, and the interest of the network she belongs to. So in that in that in that um, context, she decided to okay, Kuczynski, you um, I I don't need you anymore. You are not part of my own interest, so you have to go. Something like that happened. Alan Garcia uh, was. Um, more or less um, part of the problem also, but he also play his own issues. He also has uh, his own interest. Um, and well, we know, we already know what happened to him. They uh, never, um, he never um, uh, responds in the, to the, to the judge. He never respond to the system and what happened with all the, all the, all the corruption he was part of. You know, he, he killed himself and that's it. He preferred to kill himself before um, talking um, against his own his own network or his own um, I don't know his own people. So in in that context, um, uh, the Fujimorism is playing a political role um, very dangerous in this country because they are deciding not only in the, inside the Congress they are deciding inside the institutions and in here in, in Peru, they are deciding in the media also, they are, they belong to this, um, and con the medium here are very concentrated, but few people and the Fujimoris are part of this concentration of the media. And so everything, any kind of, of, of news, of information, and people are able to be, and to have some kind of access and is, just a partial information is just a partial um, data that we are able to to have. Um, Keiko Fujimori uh, had to um, do many kinds of maneuvers to avoid the system, and she is um, trying to to fly to another country. She's flying to, she's visiting another university. She's visiting another country. The judges here are giving her uh, any kind of permissions, even, and she apparently is still in process, but has the freedom to move from here to there without any considerations. 
Um, so this is like a clear example to see how the judges and the system are in favor of some kind of issues or, or in favor with some kind of people and not that kind and don't have that kind of behavior with other kind of politicians or other kind of, of situations. Also, we have to, to take in consideration that um, she's like a part of the problem. I mean, and she's not like the origin, origin of everything. She's not like the, um, because of her or only because of her, she's part of a really um, dangerous and deep network that provide and security, that provide judges, that provide anything they, they, they need to um, continue moving um, um, not only their 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 um, uh, their tracks, but also moving. Uh, they have to change any kind of laws. They have to change any kind of of, of um, how 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 to present an speech, an official speech. They have the the the, um, uh, the ability to change whatever they have to change to continue um, to continue making their own business, their own drug business. That's a big problem over here. Tell us a little bit about the background of Castillo. All right, um, that that kind of, of a speech that he, and anyone was expecting a figure like Castillo is 50-50. I mean, and nobody in the cities, in the big city, in the big academy uh, was thinking about uh, somebody like Castillo, but outside the city, outside the city, in, in the indigenous movement, in the, um, lo que es el magisterio, which is in the, the union of teachers, um, the union of, of workers, they already knew who Pedro Castillo was. He was not an anonymous or what or so ever. Uh, he was well known, but in, uh, in, in another kind of uh, social space, so, social area. In the in the city, in the in the in the big cities, they didn't know because it's a historical problem and the division between the cities and the and and, and the countryside, and it still is a problem. So every time the the journalists or the academics and want to say or to think that Pedro Castillo was an outsider, was an anonymous, and nobody knows about him, that's well, because they didn't know about him, but the other part of the Peru well know uh, who Pedro Castillo was. So um, also we have to we have to take um, this and uh, like we we have to see that is not only Pedro Castillo as a singular person. We are talking about a teacher uh, from the rural and uh, like um, the countryside of the north of Peru uh, as a, a, a territory and he's from Cajamarca. Cajamarca is a territory that always have problems with the mine and they always have social problems because of the mining extractivation over there. Cajamarca always have, have social problems, social conflicts because of the mining extractivation over there. And it's like um, the first region uh, where the mining is so voracious, so, so, so violent, but Cajamarca is one of the poorest regions in Peru. It's, it's a terrible contrast. And we are talking about a teacher or a, 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 a school teacher here that the children, the Peruvian children are like, um, nobody thinks about them. Nobody thinks about that school teacher. So we are talking about a person that symbol uh, is like um, uh, represent and all the group of Peruvians that are not in the in the radar that are not thinking by the elite. They are not um, uh, in the mind or in the words of the of the of the Peruvian elites. So that's the um, characteristic, not only Pedro Castillo as an individual person, but Pedro Castillo as a political force. And, and even though Castillo won, um, Fuimori's party still kind of had a majority in Congress, right? 
Yes, um, Fujimori and Keiko Fujimori um, is, we, uh, sometimes we over here we think that we need to be in the presidency and to have the political power. It's not something like that here in this country. And if you have the, majori the majority in the Congress, you have most of the political and economic power. And Keiko, and Keiko Fujimori understands that, that kind of logic. She understands that she doesn't need to be the president of Peru to have the most kind of political power in this country. And that's because she has the majority in the Congress. So, uh, but that's something every, <laughs> always happens something like that here in Peru. Ollantumala was a president, but doesn't have, didn't have the majority in the Congress. And Alejandro Toledo, um, the same case for him. Um, Pedro Pablo Kuczynski was a president. She, uh, he, he didn't have the majority. And Pedro Castillo was also in the same situation. And I don't know why. And many times um, uh, we had a president without a majority in the Congress. But this time was a big problem when the president did, uh, wasn't able to have the majority in the Congress because uh, the former presidents somehow they uh, had a, like a pact, like a, like an agreement with the Congress. So the Congress were able to, okay, you want to, uh, to be the president, you want to govern, to, to, to do some uh, government here in this, in, this, in this country, I need you to do something for me. Okay, the president said, okay, we, we can have a pact. But that didn't happen with Pedro Castillo. Pedro Castillo, since the day one, he said, I'm not going to be the president of this Congress. I'm going to be the president of, for the whole country, for the all, all, all of the Peruvians, not only for this Congress, not only for the 130 congressmen that are there in the, in the building, but for the um, 30 millions of Peruvians that are, we, are, we are living right now. No? Um, in the opposition, we have a Keiko Fujimori that she didn't want to recognize Pedro Castillo as the elected constitutional president. And since that day, he, he wasn't even um, the president, and he didn't was the president, he, and they were in, in campaign, in electoral campaign, but even how, even though, and, and Keiko Fujimori was saying, I don't recognize him as the constitutional president, and these votes and in favor of Castillo are, are false, and they are um, belong to people that are not from Peru, anyhow. And, and she was trying to force the situation and to avoid Castillo as the elected president. So uh, with her was also the journalists, the media, uh, who are trying to, to install this kind of a speech against Castillo saying, um, so uh, uh, like a speech uh, uh, with a lot of racism, a lot of classism, even publicly, publicly in front of everyone, they are in the Congress and the media were saying, we have to kill or we are going to be killed. So it's a very um, aggressive and racist and classist uh, speech against Castillo because they knew what Castillo represents. What was uh, Castillo's agenda exactly? Like, were we looking at like we're you know I, I know he was elected on like promises of like redistribution of wealth and, and things like that, but were were a couple of the specific policies in which he was elected on and tried to and tried to enact in his brief time in, in the presidency? First, he was talking about an agrarian reform, a, sec a second agrarian reform, because the first one was like decades ago with uh, um, Velasco was uh, a huge impact in the in the mind in the culture in the economic also and castillo was leading a second agrarian reform right he was also leading a tax reform here in this uh, economic system and the mining corporations uh, they 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 and they they are able to to produce a lot of money a lot of economical power but they don't do taxes somehow. They don't do taxes. The, um, communi the um, Telefonica, the, um, the company, um, how do you say this? Um, 
similar similar in the United States. The companies don't pay the companies yeah, don't, don't pay taxes. Do taxes either. So and uh, what Castillo was trying to lead, was trying to, to, to reform, was a tax reform, the agrarian reform, the educational reform also, and the health reform. Uh, uh, right after the pandemic, we need a health reform, and, and Castillo was trying to lead that kind. He was thinking about a new constitution. He was not thinking only about re reforming some, some agenda, some issues, he was talking about a new constitution because he, he, he understood that any kind of reform uh, will not be enough to change the situation, to change the life of, of the Peru. And he understood that to, to go forward, to make this country a better country for everyone, we need a new constitution. And for that, he was trying to lead also the um, how do you say this? Um, Constituent Assembly. Mm -hmm. He was uh, trying to call to call, to call every everyone everyone to be part of this uh, Constituent Assembly for a new constitution. That was the main agenda, the main issue of everything. So, and um, from that, um, we um, we were thinking how to uh, make a new constitution. And with this kind of reform, a better education, a better health and, and system, a better a, a better tax situation, and everything. But the root of everything was a new constitution. Hey, folks! You're listening to the Green and Red podcast, where we interview guests like Noam Chomsky and Andrew Basevich. We also have shows on cultural icons like Johnny Cash and Woody Guthrie and the Godfather movies, and we talk to scores of organizers and activists who tell us what is happening in the streets and in the back country. So check us out. Yeah, and I'm Bob Azenko. And as always, uh, Scott and I want to thank you for listening, for watching, for supporting us. Uh, and we hope we continue to do that. The first thing we ask is that you share this, let people know that we're out there and we're doing something that I think is different. We have a good niche, I think, in left podcasts. And uh, we talk to really cool people and uh, about really important issues. Um, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, go to our webpage, which is on uh, in the screen. And uh, um, you know, if you really like us, and if you have a a, a little uh, extra change around um, jingles or folds, uh, uh, you can help us out by going to our website at greenandredpodcast.org and hitting that support button and make a one-time donation. Or you can check us out at patreon.com backslash greenredpodcast and become a patron. Uh, we'll see you again real soon. The, the impeachment process, this is the third time. I believe that Congress had tried to impeach Pedro Castillo in the 18 months or so that he had been in 18 months, year and a half or so that he had been in office. Could you talk us through a little bit of like what led to the impeachments? What what is their charge? Why are they trying to? What is their reason? Supposedly, even if it's fabricated, for why they're trying to impeach him. The Constitution says you can impeach a president because of three reasons, but any of that reasons uh, was about Pedro Castillo. They were trying to impeach Pedro Castillo because uh, an assumption of corruption, but they doesn't have the proof of that. They do have some kind of. Um, and witnesses talking and saying that, yes, I saw how Pedro Castillo and received some kind of money, this kind of amount. Okay, but where is the proof of that? Until now, we, doesn't, we don't have any proof of the, um, of the corruption and that supposedly, supposedly um, Pedro Castillo was involved. We don't have, we only have some witnesses. Okay. And also because of what happened with Kuczynski, this Congress knew they, uh, that they are able to take this kind of impeachment as a, um, as a threat and against some kind of, uh, of a, pol a political group against the, their own interests. So that's why they start using, in two times, they tried to impeach Pedro Castillo. In these two times, they were and doesn't have any kind of success because it's not possible to impeach a president in these kind of conditions. Even in, inside 
the their their own um, between their own congressmen they didn't have the votes that to to impeach the president so they were trying to do it for the third time without any reason and they didn't have the enough votes to to impeach to for this third time so everyone were saying come on i mean and instead of working instead of working um, for an, a popular agenda, instead of working for the people, instead of working for the country, they are trying for the third time to impeach Pedro Castillo without any reason. So um, that happened one week ago. And somehow <laughs> Pedro Castillo read the situation uh, was against him, he was threatened, he was um, being harassed um, for the Congress, so he took a, an unconstitutional decision, announcement, and, to, and giving this announce of, and we, I'm going to close, I'm going to close the Congress, I'm going to close the, um, and, um, uh, all the institutions, I'm going to close everything, and I'm going to install a uh, um, like a coup d'etat, they, they are saying. But from that point, the Congress response was uh, very hard, very, very hard, because they uh, call for a session inside the Congress. They decide to um, promote, to go forward with the impeachment, and they approve the impeachment with uh, 102 votes in favor. They are 130. And they approved this impeachment uh, because of the, this unconstitutional decision and that announced Pedro Castillo hours ago. And the problem with that is that even in a critical situation, even in a critical conjuncture, the impeachment has a process. They, have, they, they must to obey the process. They didn't obey the process. They didn't obey what the Constitution says. They didn't obey what, what the, um, the rules of the Congress say. They didn't obey anything. They just convoked themselves to vote in favor of the impeachment. So um, Pedro Castillo took an unconstitutional announcement, yes. And the Congress also uh, took an unconstitutional and illegal, is illegal, this impeachment they, they did one week ago that's that that's why there is like um a very tense situation because castillo did something unconstitutional yes but the congress also and besides that also um what we have to to think is and uh, in the right moment that congress decide to impeach Caspen pedro castillo um, the police force took Castillo without any guarantee, without any um, process, any, any right process. They took Castillo and, and has a preliminary detention against Pedro Castillo. And this preliminary detention uh, didn't, has, didn't have the, the right process. They didn't have the right process, uh, like 10 hours uh, after the detention of Pedro Castillo, um, the, um, the national prosecutor decided hours uh, after the detention, and uh, she decided uh, the, the charges uh, to justify this detention, but after the detention. That's what I'm saying. So everything, one week since uh, one week ago, we are um, in a, in a, in a, in a, um, conjuncture where the institutions are taking um, decisions without any, uh, any, any good process, any guarantees of anything. That's, that's, that's why right now um, thousands of Peruvians are in the streets and claiming for the uh, uh, liberation to free Pedro Castillo because he is still in detention, even they don't have any reason right now to keep um, Pedro Castillo in the jail. And, and his vice president is now um, in charge? Boluarte. Right. And, Boluarte. But she's not, doesn't really have the same kind of politics as him. She's more kind of 
suspicious. People were more suspicious of her. It sounds like. Yes, she's um, being questioned, um, very hurt, very hurt um, by the media, by the Congress, by the people. She's being questioned because um, first she um, she put me um, some ministros ministers that are um, his first minister um, Pedro Angulo he is part of this uh, network we were talking about in the beginning and Pedro Angulo was part of um, Cesar Inostrosa uh, network we will remember Cesar Inostrosa because he was um, one of the judges in favor of the Cuellos Blancos, of this um, drug uh, international network. He was part of, uh, he was a, a supreme judge. And Pedro Angulo was part of this, of this elite, of this group. And now he is the first minister of Dina Boluarte. Also, the, uh, she um, put other ministers that are questioned because of, of um, they are part of Odebrecht. We we had a big problem with Odebrecht that took um, Kuczynski out of the presidency and that took Alan Garcia for to to be process prosecuted, but they couldn't prosecute Alan Garcia. But because of the Odebrecht situation, well, now we have a minister that is part of this networking of and Odebrecht and all that. Also, Boluarte is being, uh, and is being questioned because of the of how she's responding to this situation. She's talking about we have to sit down, we have to talk, we have to 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 maintain the peace, we have to maintain the democracy. But also in the same in the same speech, she, she's talking about the state of emergency and for all the country. So what kind of, 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 I don't know, agreement we can, we can have if you are proclaiming, if you are installing a state of emergency for everyone? It, it's not possible. It, there are not the correct um, conditions to talk, to, to install the, the peace or to, to try to um, calm the, the situation, the furious, the emotions of the people. Uh, they um, year um, months ago, maybe months before of this, maybe were the the conditions to talk and uh, about a new constitution, to talk about a, a better process for everyone. But right now, it's not uh, there are any kind of conditions to to maintain a com a good communication in any with any part with any part of the political elite or the social the social movement. There is no, there is no possibility to that. Um, in, in the U.S., a lot of the media is calling Castillo a radical, a Marxist. They're comparing him to uh, uh, Sendero, you know, Luminoso. I, um, <laughs> I mean, does any, I mean, is that, I'm assuming that's Fui Mori party is doing the same, but yes. it sounds like the, the people, you know, uh, in, in Peru um, are supporting him is, Yes, I'm not going to deny there are some violent elements in the movement, but they are not part of the social movement. The social movement knows very well they need peace. They need they need to um, stability. I'm sorry, I, I have my chapter here. They need stability, social and political stability for their own life. The social movement knows very well that. But always, then somehow there are some violent elements inside the social movement to have to to give that just um, the argument, maybe the argument to the other side to say, well, can you see they are violent? We we need to 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 repress. We need more uh, more guns, more police force, more uh, more force, more um, you know. So it's just an argument to. Um, to provoke a, 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 a worse situation. But the social movement is very organized. They are 
um, demanding and their, their agenda is very clear. They are denying also this uh, violent situation because it's not, in their, it's not for their own interest. It's not for them. They understand that if, um, and also we need to understand that if Sendero and the terrorism was over in this country was because the social movement was the social movement. We say, we call them the ronderos. And ronderos, they are the part of this social movement that are from the uh, countryside of, of Peru. And they, they were uh, organized to stop the, uh, the violence of Sendero against them. So because of the social movement, and Sendero was and uh, was extinguished, and the the terrorism was extinguished. So they know how to manage this situation. They are not part of the terrorism. They are not part of Sendero. But the right wing needs to 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 have this kind of a speech to argue in favor of their own interest. I you know I've read that there's at least seven deaths in clashes between protesters and police, and that is the sort of justification that the, the police and the government use to use like live ammunition against young teenage protesters, correct? Is that they're, that they're making this, they're trying to merge uh, Sendera Luminoso and that, and that history with current social movements. Is that, is that, is that correct? Actually, um, they, um, they don't hasty and they don't have any kind of doubt to, to point uh, the teenagers or the adolescents or, or any kind of citizen, citizen that are not like part of Lima or they are not white or they are and they are poor or because they are or indigenous. Okay, so because you are poor and you are indigenous, you are terrorist. You are part of Sendero. Because you are a teenager and adolescent, you don't know. You don't know you are being manipulated. That's not true. That's not true. And I can, uh, 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 um, I'm 100% sure because people are, I'm sorry if I'm saying this kind of rude, but people are not stupid. People know what's going on inside their own territories. And every time from the cities, the elite and point out that and the teenagers or the people in general, you are a terrorist. They um, is um, something inside them, and the emotions they provoke is um, uh, they are rejecting that is a very uh, is a state of sadness every time my own politician is calling me a terrorist because I don't know I know they say I know what the situation is the terrorism impact in their own territories years ago they they know perfectly well what happened with the terrorism because they knew they were victim of that their father their mother their family were victim of the terrorism and now 20 years ago these politicians are pointing them as a terrorist is at least is an insult for them and also i i need to say this um until now and when um, we are in, in this situation like seven days ago and in seven days we have eight people being uh, they are eight deaf people i don't know how to say it in english um um because of this all um impact between the police force and the social movement eight people have been murdered by the police force and from that eight people that have been murdered three of them were teenagers but the, the press, the journalists, the um, political um, elite, they don't talk about that. They don't care about the teenagers in this country. Um, but the teenagers know what's going on and they demand a better circumstance, a better country for them, for their families. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, you don't really see this in the media in the U.S., but it, it is, you know, the the... The protests and the resistance to this has been inspiring and seeing like thousands of people in the streets reading about the, the road blockades in the countryside uh, from the areas that, that Castillo represented, like whether it was in the you know, rural Andes or whether it was in the poor neighborhoods in Lima. 
Um, and it seems very organized. I, I read that, you know, protesters in Araquipa, Araquipa, the second largest city, are like stopping, you know, flights from leaving and coming in because they're protesting on the runways. Um, and then today, actually, there's a general, a general strike is, has been called, correct? Mm. Yes, and, and since um, from today um, is 15, 16, and 17th, um, three days of general strike. General strike um, from five or six years ago, um, the countryside are organized themselves in, in columns. So they are walking or taking the bus or taking, I don't know, up, um, the, um, the, yeah, taking the bus to come over here to Lima to come over here to the capital. And it starts today. Yesterday, um, Boluarte uh, installed the, the state of emergency in all the country, but even that, they didn't, um, um, they didn't um, stop, be, stop, mobilize, uh, stop their mobilization, they didn't stop their, their, their demands, they are coming, they are uh, at 4 or 5 p.m. They will start taking the streets here in the capital city. And the response of that is, uh, from, the, uh, from the presidency is to display the more, pol uh, more police, um, um, police force, more, um, how do you say this? Um, and forces armed. military military the force military, armed forces yeah much, the military force especially the military force so that situation um, is very dangerous for us because we our history shows us that every time the and the military force goes to the street to to i don't know to to stop or to clash against a social movement Many rights are violated. Many rights and so are, are being suspended to justify the, the the abuse of power from the military force. But even even in that situation, the social movement doesn't stop. They still come in. They 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 are being harassed by the police by the police force in the in the exteriors of Lima. But even like that, they still and. Uh, and calling themselves, convo um, um, convoke themselves yeah. to maintain the, the movement, to maintain mm -hmm. the mobilization. It's, and um, I mean, it's it's gotten very aggressive. At one point, didn't um, some of the people in the streets uh, like take uh, police hostages or something like that? Uh, yes, actually. And seen and um, yesterday the um, human rights movement are um, um, denunciando are denouncing the human rights movement are denouncing the this um, they are taking hostage hostage you say um, from from the social movement but is uh, for example for example yesterday no two days ago um a, a group in Abancay, which is in the central in the in the part in the central part of Peru, uh, they were making they were trying to build a to build a a column of the of this movement of demobilization. They were spending the night in some houses in some places. They are spent they were they were resting, they were they were resting in the night, in the middle of the night, the military force appeared and took them. To the to the jail in the middle of the night, like 50 people were took without any consideration, without any permission. They were took, and they um, they spent the night, and they they were in the in the jail. Until now, we don't know what happened to them. Also, and uh, here in Lima, in the capital, and uh, in Centro de Lima, which is uh, the historical area of Lima, um the police force are using um, guns, they are using bullets, they are using so many kinds of instruments that are not allowed to use every time the social movement are in the streets. They are only allowed to be in, um, they are only able to, to be with the movement and to, 
to guarantee they are not going to break something or whatever, but they are not allowed to use any kind of bullet in this kind of situation, but they did. They did. They are taking their motorcycles. I saw that. I saw two, year, two, two days ago when I went to the historical center uh, to take some pictures, I saw by myself how the police in their motorcycle, they ran over a person. They ran over a person and took off. And that's it. And two ladies took this, this person to the hospital and he's okay. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that even they, they, they know what to do in this situation. They know what not to do in this situation. They don't care. They are committing abuse of power. And however, in, in any dimension you, 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 you will analyze this situation, they are committing abuse of power. And right now, the human rights movement, they are, they are calling to the UNO, they are calling to any kind of in, international institution to, to come here to, to see what's going on to prevent any abuse that will violate the human rights of the social movement. But what's happening right now is that they are, is, is, um, they are breaking any kind of, of, of uh, uh, law, they are breaking any kind of, of, um, of protocol, they, they, they are, um, they, even they are not responding to the president because Boluarte said uh, they cannot use uh, any kind of bullet, they cannot use any kind of guns. I'm saying to the police force, to the military force, they are not able to do that, but they are doing it anyway. So they are not even um, listening to their own chief that is the president. They are doing they are responding to any, any another kind of force that is not the president. And in this situation, um, human rights are being violated, human rights are, are being suspended. And that's, that's very dangerous here. We're, we're getting towards the end of our time. Um, one last question we wanted to ask was about the international response. And we've seen where the U.S. quickly recognized Bellarte, and then we've seen comments from... Um, AMLO in Mexico and former president of Bolivia, Evo Morales. But I'm just wondering if you could say a little bit about the response that you've been hearing about in, in, in Peru for about inter, what's going on internationally, what, the response internationally. Yeah, well, this is a unique situation because um, Peru always had a critical conjunctor, but I think this is the first time in my life. I had uh, 35 years and this is the first time I, I, I'm able to see how a critical situation, a critical conjecture um, has also a diplomatic dimension. And days ago, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico, Bolivia, and Honduras recognized Pedro Castillo as the constitutional president, and they didn't recognize Dina Boluarte as, a, as the president of Peru. They didn't recognize. So the response of Boluarte was to uh, call the Madrid Forum which is a space of the Spanish extreme right, like Vox, to um, write a letter and, and in response in favor of Boluarte and the democratic and situation, the democratic institution, but we are talking about Vox. Vox in, in, in Spain are not, it's not enough, I think, to say it's extreme right. It's like the extreme of the extreme. Vox is, is very- Falagista. Is <laughs> is 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 too much. It's extreme of the extreme, um, and and United States is also in this in this group, and they show uh, support of in favor of Dina Boluarte, and they uh, and support uh, any kind of decision she is going to make to maintain herself in the presidency. And with that, we are talking about also this kind of political forces internationally and that are and supported by people like Vox and like uh, people like uh, the extreme right in any other countries. And they are calling also some um, Congress from Europe. I mean, what they have to say 
in Europe, in Europe, <laughs> what they have to say for the situation here in Latin America, here in Peru. As I see, the, uh, uh, my point of view is, uh, cannot be, this situation cannot be more colonialistic that, than this. Why she had to go to the Europe and uh, to the European Congress to, to establish a, a speech about what's going on here in this country. At least Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, we belong to the same territory of Latin America. At least they are um, our brothers, our sisters, and they had something to say about this. The Congress in Europe, the European Congress, they doesn't have anything to say for our situation. But I mean, uh, this is an historical problem we are talking about at the beginning, is um, this, colonialist mind, this racist and a lot of racism, but um, um, like provoked by this um, colonial behavior, they didn't, they didn't um, abandon, they didn't, um, they still, they still um, express even in the 21st century. That's, that's how I say, that's how I, I see this situation. Um, this has been fantastic, and, and I'm so happy that we were able to talk to you and get all this out there, because uh, in the U.S., like I said, the media, not the far left media, but most of the media has been very, very bad on this. So uh, and, you know, uh, maybe we can talk again, you know, a little you know, later as things proceed and, and hope that, you know, things get better there. But uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, mil gracias. Yeah. Muchas, muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. Yes. <laughs> Folks, you've been listening to Carla Toshe. We've been talking about the, the political crisis in Peru. Uh, hopefully we'll have more some future shows on this. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. And if you really like us and we're at the end of the year, uh, please uh, make a, a donation. You can check us out at greenandredpodcast.org and hit that support button, or you can become a patron at patreon.com backslash greenredpodcast. Uh, everyone out there, stay safe, but misbehave and fight back on whatever else you need to do. And we'll talk to you all again very soon. De la fábrica a las calles Ayer Monsanto y Bayer daban de comer mil áfricas La sangre azul del cónsul en las manos del Pol Pot Niños trafican con sus propios órganos Pero peor el peón que se negó Callejones de neón, este futuro que no ensayo Buscas la salvación, ensayo y olvidas la unión Amnistía para el árbol